The Super Bowl is in the books and it's time for the offseason. Where do the New York Giants now go from here? We're going to discuss that coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name's Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you on this Monday. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, to everybody. If you celebrate uh, Valentine's Day here in the United States or all over the world, I hope it's a sweet one for you. And uh, thank you so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day. Or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of today. And this episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is being brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, it is the offseason. That's right, the Super Bowl is now in the books. So that means everybody goes back to zero and zero, and it's time to start thinking ahead to 2022. So what is the plan for the Giants? What might they be looking to do? What might they do? We're all we're going to cover all those topics on today's show. And um, just see how it compares, you know, how things unfold as the Giants go through the offseason. If they make some of these suggestions or do some of these things, we'll see how it all comes together. But um, specifically, I want to talk about uh, the off the program that uh, new head coach Brian Dable and his assistant staff is going to put together. I want to talk about uh, potential roster moves, specifically in free agency, and uh, just how I think they're going to try to build the culture up. And yeah, there's that word again, culture, right? We're all probably sick of it, but it is important. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's program. Let's get right into it, shall we? Okay, so where do things stand? Well, last week, Brian, uh, the Giants announced all of uh, Brian Dable's coaching staff. So with all the uh, pieces now, if you will, on board, um, I would think the next step is going to be for all those coaches to get together in a room and start evaluating players because the player evaluation process, that's going to have to be something they need to do fairly quickly. The Giants are going to have to get under the cap. And I think there's probably about a month or so. I think the new uh, league year is about a month or so away. And the Giants are going to have to make a number of decisions regarding who they're going to keep, who they're going to cut, who they might restructure if they restructure anybody at all, which free agents do they want back, if any of them, and uh, who they might want to target. So there is a lot of work to do in terms of a personnel perspective. So um, I'm going to start with free agency because uh, on Giants Country, we're actually doing a series, one per day, in which we're talking about free agents that uh, may or may not be back for the New York Giants. So we'll start there. And I'm going to just kind of run down the list and give you a quick opinion as to whether or not 
that person may or may not be back. And oh, by the way, down the line, I might talk a little bit more in detail about that. But for now, I'm just going to give you an overview of that. All right. So the New York Giants have a total of 20 free agents to be. Of those 20, um, I believe they have 18 unrestricted free agents. And I think there's one restricted free agent, that being fullback Colin Gillespie, and one exclusive rights free agent, that being offensive tackle Kyle Murphy. And I believe, uh, you know, I'll start with those two real quick. Kyle Murphy, I could see him, you know, being brought back. Why not? He's going to get a reserve futures contract. So really doesn't cost a whole lot to bring him back. Colin Gillespie, I'm not so sure I'd extend him. I mean, cer- I certainly wouldn't put a tender on him. Um, because he was the second fullback and it's going to cost the Giants roughly 2.433 million just to get right of first refusal to retain him. I don't see that happening, not with the Giants cap situation being what it is. So uh, Colin Gillespie was brought in to help with special teams, you know, carrying two fullbacks last year, quite honestly, was a luxury. I don't think the Giants do that again this year. So, all right, let's talk real quick about the uh, the unrestricted free agents. This is going to be fairly easy, folks. Uh, Nate Solder, not coming back. Um, Austin Johnson, 50-50 on him. I think he they may want him back. I wonder, though, if he doesn't get an offer somewhere because he played fairly well last year uh, in, in an increased role. Billy Price, I would bring back um, on a low tender. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy with spending on Billy Price, even though um, you know the offensive line is going to be targeted. But Billy Price, I would bring back for depth. Evan Ingram, that's a tough one. Evan Ingram, I would say move on from him, but the new coaching staff might feel that maybe they can salvage him. Um, I don't know that they that that will be the case, but I would think Evan Ingram, they're going to move on from. Same with Jabril Peppers, the safety. I'm not so sure he comes back. Will Hernandez, you know, Will has gone backwards. Now, I don't know if that's because of coaching. I don't know if that's because of the player or a combination of the two, but I could see the Giants moving on from him as well, just as much as I can see them maybe re-signing him to, uh, you know, like a one-year prove-it type of deal See if maybe this new coaching staff can get him back on the right track because he does have tools. It's just, you know, the the problem with Will has been in part the mental aspect of it, you know, picking up stuns, passing off, you know, blockers, all that stuff. That's where he's kind of lacked a little bit. And I wonder how much of that has just been because of the teaching that he's received in the classroom. But anyway, uh, Levine Toilolo, tight end, Mike Glennon, quarterback, Nate Ebner, Free safety, Danny Shelton, defensive tackle, Reggie Raglan, inside linebacker. Don't see any of those guys coming back. Nah. Um, Eli Penny, fullback. I could see the Giants bringing him back. Um, Casey Kreider, could see him coming back. Although um, he is, he's going on his sixth season, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the Giants might want to go a little, you know, cheaper there. I don't know, but... I would have no problem with them bringing him back. Lorenzo Carter. Now, this is a, a tough one. Lorenzo Carter, I would say if they can get him back on a two-year deal, which basically is going to be a one-year prove-it type of structure, I would say do it. But I have a feeling Lorenzo Carter is going to 
going to get some uh, attention. I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if Patrick Graham and uh, the Raiders out there, you know, make a push for him. Um, let's see, Corey Cunningham, I would bring him back on a one-year, you know, minimum uh, salary benefit. Joshua Kalu, nah, pass. Dante Pettis, pass. Keon Crossan, I would bring back. He was the, probably one of their best special teams players. So I would bring him back and I'd have no problem with that. And uh, yeah, so that's the, the last of the um, the UFAs. So I will go into this maybe a little bit more as we get closer to free agency, folks, once we kind of see who gets cut and who doesn't, because I think that's going to affect uh, maybe some of these plans. But that's just a quick rundown on what I think they might do regarding their uh, free agent class. Really nobody in there that screams, you've got to resign. You know, like last year, how Leonard Williams, they had to resign him. So, um, so yeah, that's how I would handle it. So, all right, coming up next, we're going to talk about building a brand new culture yet again, what the coaching staff might look to do, how they're going to um, maybe approach it, and some of the principles that are going to be um, implemented under new head coach Brian Dable. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans. Now, speaking of getting ready for the 2022 season, if you are like me and you are trying to get in better shape or stay in good shape, uh, you will want to include Built Bar as part of your routine. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but without the calories and without the sugar. Most Built Bars have about 130 calories, about four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, making it easy to stick to any diet plan and making it a great way to keep you full in between meals. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use our special promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your first order. Again, that's code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and we're doing a, uh, we're kicking out the offseason. I mean, I know the Giants offseason started a month ago, but... You know, the Super Bowl is in the books. No more football, no more meaningful football at any rate for the NFL until September 2022. We got a long way to go. Everybody is now back at 0-0. And the Giants have a lot of work to do to uh, build up this program under new head coach Brian Abel. So we're talking about that here on the program. And uh, before I get into this next segment about how they're going to maybe attack building up this program... Um, want to remind you tomorrow will be Twitter Tuesday. So if you have a question, you can email it to me, lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet it to me and you can see my Twitter handle is on the screen below. And if you're listening, the Twitter handle is at Patricia underscore Trina. Make sure you tag it, ask P train. That's important. That way it'll pop up on my screen. Um, also in the show notes, we have a brand new, uh, phone number that you can call with your specific questions. So if you want to have your voice featured on the uh, Locked on Giants podcast on Twitter Tuesday, you can call up, leave a message, or if you want to text the message, the number you can reach us at is 732-924-8580. Again, that number is in the show notes, but um, again, the number is 732 924 
8580. So uh, hope to hear from you. I'm looking forward to answering your questions. We already have some questions uh, that have come in that will make it on the show to, uh, for Tuesday. So um, keep them coming, guys and gals. All right, let's talk about building the culture. Now, I know a lot of people are sick of the, the C word, culture. What does it mean? What's the big deal? You know, why is it so important? Culture is basically the foundation, basically the rules, how things are going to work around the locker room, around the program. All right. So is it going to be a country club? Is it going to be, you know, a strict business type of atmosphere? Is it going to be something in between? What are going to be the principles that are going to be stressed? What's going to be tolerated and what's not going to be tolerated? All right. So what do we know so far about head coach Brian Dable? Well, he told us at his introductory presser that he is a people person. All right. So he's approachable. He's his office door is always going to be open to his players. So if they have a problem, um, if they need to talk about something, he'll find the time to, to uh, do that. He will also um, look to build relationships. So in other words, when he's walking through the locker room, he's not just going from point A to get to point B. He'll probably stop along the way and you know, kid around a little bit with his players, see how they're doing. He wants to get to know the players. And that's so important because when you get to know somebody, you get to understand what makes that person tick and what how far you can ultimately push them, especially when you're talking about a competitive advantage. So that's going to be important. So what are some other uh, principles that uh, Brian Dable may implement as part of the new Giants culture? Well, we're going to hear team first a lot. And that's something we heard with Joe Judge. But let's just talk a little bit more about that team first. Obviously, this isn't about, okay, Joe Smith, the wide receiver, padding his stats. If that's what you're looking to do, then you probably are not going to have a place on this Giants team. It's going to be about helping to pad the wins. That's what they mean by team first. So, uh, and along those lines, they're going to want to play for each other. So, you know, if you have two defensive linemen, for example, and one has to take on double blocks and can't rack up the sacks in his contract year, you know, because he's doing all the dirty work to maybe help a Leonard Williams, that's what playing for each other is all about. You know, doing your job so that you, the guys next to you, behind you, and if applicable in front of you, can succeed. Um, learning from mistakes. Now, this is a big one. Some coaches, when a player makes a mistake, they, they'll, they'll always say, oh, you know, we want to learn from our mistakes and grow from them. But there are times when a player makes a mistake and he's banished. He's sent to the inactive list. You know, he, his, his snaps are cut down. So it's, it's a tough um, balance to strike because at some point you have to say, okay, is it a matter of the player just not learning? Is it a, a matter of the player just not having the skill set to do what we need them to do? What exactly is it? If the guy's just making a mistake and it's correctable, you work to correct them. And, and you know, defensive line coach Andre Patterson uh, had a wonderful, um, I, I saw a video clip of this, and uh, he, he had a wonderful philosophy on, on how he teaches. And I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, I saw it on Twitter and it was really, really good. And I think it's applicable. Um, Andre Patterson, who 
worked for, for, I think, about 10 years with the Minnesota Vikings before coming over to the Giants, said, I'm like a teacher, okay? If you're, you're a math student and you don't know how to do a problem, you know, how to solve a math problem, I'm not going to sit there and berate you or yell at you or call you stupid. I'm going to pull up a chair alongside of you and we're going to work together so that you understand how to solve that problem. And I thought that was so good because, you know, sometimes coaches, you know, they, they claim they're patient. They claim that they're, you know, that they're, they're, they believe in teaching and the actions show the other way. All right. So if a guy is constantly drawing uh, penalties, for example, for being too grabby in the defensive secondary, instead of benching the guy, teach him, teach him how to do it the right way. And, you know, look, there's pressure on coaches to do that because look, you only have so many hours during the week with the players. You only have so many hours during the day to practice. And once the season starts, you can't really sit there and dilly dally and do a lot in terms of, um, you know, a lot in terms of, of, uh, fundamentals. You, you touch on them, but you don't touch on them as much as maybe you do during the summertime. So I just like that approach that, that, uh, comparison that Andre Patterson offered up. And I think that's going to be what we see a lot of with this coaching staff. There's going to be a degree of patience. And if a guy, if, if the coaching staff is giving up on a guy, then you know that that guy is just hopeless, that either he doesn't want to work at it or just doesn't want to get it. So that's going to be big. Um, the other thing uh, to go along with that, there have been some players that when they make mistakes, they tend to dwell on them and it drags them down sometimes to the point where they don't perform as well, or sometimes to the point where they try too hard and it just becomes disastrous. There was a player like that on the Giants last year that I think was guilty of that. And um, the coaches are going to not want to stress that, obviously. If you make a mistake, if something doesn't work out, look, we all have our bad days. We all can't be perfect. So you learn from it, and you move on. You don't sit there and dwell and say, oh my God, I suck at this. You know, I'm never going to be any good at it. You move on. So there's there's a degree of psychology uh, that's going to be applied here by this coaching staff to get this culture where it needs to be, to get the confidence in these guys. And one other point I want to make about this topic, and this is a big one, the coaching staff, I think, is going to go to the players and say, okay, Tell me what you like to do. What have you liked to do over the course of your career, whether it be in college, whether it be in the NFL? And we're going to adapt to that. Now, I know last year or during the Joe Judge era, they, they talked about, you know, don't tell me what a guy can't do. Tell me what he can do. There were times I thought that the coaching staff last year asked guys to do things they couldn't do. And... I think part of that was, it wasn't meant to be, you know, ill-willed or anything like that. I think it was just, hey, you know, uh, Evan Ingram, you've been working so hard. You look like you're in good shape. So we think you can block a defensive end. Well, no, sorry. Evan Ingram could never really block a defensive end. Not that he didn't try, not that he wasn't willing, but he could never really do it. So maybe the coach is just saying, hey, you know, we see you working hard. Let's try you having, you know, let's try you out and have you block a defensive end. Sorry, guys, it was a disaster. 
So I think you're going to see less of that. And you're going to see the coaches start with, okay, Daniel Jones, what do you like to do best? Daniel, tell them, okay, now here's what we're thinking, Daniel. Do you want to, how do you feel if we ask you to do A, B, C, D? And then they have this dialogue going. So together they're building not just the, the um, culture, but also confidence and competitiveness and, you know, just a, a, a they're, they're, pushing, they're pushing forward in terms of what they like to do, uh, what they want to do, and just marrying the two up to, so that they can be successful. So I think that's going to be uh, the recipe for the culture that Brian Dable is going to look to build inside the building. All right, Giant fans, football season might be over, but basketball is in full season for both pro and college hoops. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net is also the best spot for all your scores, your podcasts, uh, all your sports news this season, whether it's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and yes, even the Olympic coverage, which includes uh, all kinds of information to help you gauge how to bet. So head on over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and um, hey, we are now officially in the NFL offseason. And yes, the Giants have been in the offseason since their season ended, but everybody now is, is you know, zero and zero. We're starting from scratch. Everybody's focused on 2022, and the Giants, now that they have their new coaching staff in place, they are scrambling to get everything together, to get organized, decide what they want to do as far as a, a program, um, what players they might want, what are their needs, what's their offense going to look like, what's their defense going to look like, how's communication going to work. So many little details go into uh, building up a program and how it's going to work. And things will change, obviously, as uh, we go along. I mean, sometimes some, you, you mean to do something and then uh, you find out it doesn't work. So you have to adjust. And uh, this coaching staff, I think, will do that. I don't think they're going to set on settle on a, a specific way of doing things and stay married to it. They will adjust according to the roster they have. So that brings us to the type of uh, football program that this staff might potentially run. And by football, I'm talking about the stuff on the field. You know, in the last segment, I talked about the culture and building that up and what we might expect. So to to put this segment together, I kind of went back and I looked at some of the things the previous coaching staffs that the Giants had did that I liked and what I didn't like. And this is what, you know, I would think moving forward, Brian Dable's staff will want to do uh, some of these things and what they want to avoid. So one of the things, obviously, that I think they're going to want to do once they get they're they're able to work with the players is optimize the time that they have with them. All right. Now that means in training camp, no, you know, soft practices, no abbreviated practices. Take advantage. You know, if the, if, if the CBA says you get two hours a day to, to practice on the field, you practice two hours a day. You don't say, Oh, you know, 
everybody looks so good. So we're going to cut the practice short a little bit. No, you take advantage of that. You want to get this football team ready to play come September. You don't want to go soft on them. And I thought that at times last year in particular, Joe Judge at times did not make make good use of his practice time. I thought that of Ben McAdoo too, that there were times when Ben McAdoo could have had a, a padded practice and he chose not to. Now, I get it. You don't want to necessarily run the players into the ground by having physical practice and long practice after long practice, uh, especially in the heat. But you want to optimize the time you do have. So if it means spending more time on fundamentals and less time running around or whatever, you want to take advantage of whatever time you have and structure it accordingly. You don't want to give back time that, you know, that's allotted to you. So that's item number one. Item number two, come the preseason, treat those games like regular season games. Now, by that, I don't mean game plan. You obviously don't want to give up what you're going to do during the season. But this selectiveness of, oh, you know, I'm not going to play my starters until the last preseason game because, you know, they practice so well. No, no, no. Any NFL coach and even judge's staff would and judge himself said that you cannot uh, replicate game tempo in practice. So why you would not want to give your players as much exposure to that, even if it's just a series or a quarter or a half. I mean, that's just, you can't do that. You cannot do that. And, and you can't expect for, for your, um, for your players to be ready if you're going to do that, you know, and, and we saw that with the Giants last year. So here's hoping that they learn their lesson um, with that. All right. So what does it all mean for the Giants moving forward? Well, look, we can sit here and we can talk about how good we feel about things. We can talk about, you know, all the intentions that uh, maybe Coach Dable has. Um, it's all you know, in the honeymoon stage right now, everything is brand new. We're going to find out a lot about how this coaching staff is going to operate. We're going to find out a lot about how this new front office thinks in terms of some of the players that they keep and some of the players that they let go and some of the players that they bring in. So a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of gray areas still ahead of us. But uh, look, folks, after almost a decade of poor football, can things get any worse? I mean, I know that's a loaded question, but I'm optimistic that this time the Giants are going to be headed in the right direction. And as I've said many times over, I will be optimistic until given a reason to think otherwise. So it's going to be a fun ride, everybody. And uh, we will, of course, keep you updated on everything here on the Locked on Giants podcast, as well as over on Giants Country, which is the site that I write for. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff going on right now, including the um, the series on the unrestricted free agents, whether they should stay or whether they should go. We're doing draft profiles and we've got some other stuff. I'm working on some longer form articles for you, some of which we'll try and talk about here on the show. And speaking of the show, again, Twitter Tuesday tomorrow and also coming up on the show this week, I'm going to hope to have Nick Filato on and I'm looking to get another guest or two for the show. So uh, plenty more to do, plenty more to come. Hope you will tune in. 
appreciate you tuning in to, the, to today's show. And I look forward to hearing from you for Twitter Tuesday. So until then, everybody, have a great one.